0: This is Episode 62, A Tale of Two Prayers. Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vanna Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me, and just like you, my best years still ahead. I'll take you inside real-life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. How do you know if you received an answer to prayer and did the right thing? If you've ever thought that following God's guidance means that everything should work out smoothly and then you were confused when it didn't, I've got a couple of stories from my own life to share with you. I think about answers to prayer differently now, in a way that gives much more space for our real human experience along the way, and it allows for God to provide something even more meaningful than what we asked for. If you've been following me for a while, you know I care about our mind, our body, and our spirit paying attention to all of them and integrating them so we're whole and well and strong. I think of our mind as the place where our body and our spirit come together. Specifically, the brain part of our body combines with something personal and powerful, some life force and intelligence that we can't see or measure, but is our eternal essence. And you know that I believe that our life was created by God for a purpose. He put us here with a mind, a body, and a spirit for a purpose. And the ultimate aim of our life is to understand what that purpose is and to do our best to fulfill it. For those of us who have faith in a personal God who's involved in our lives and invites us to connect with Him, that involves some communication with our Creator. So we do our best to seek and recognize those quiet impressions. And at the same time, we also use the agency that God blessed us with to make decisions and grow through our own choices. This is a beautiful and usually messy process of co-creation, with God inviting us to co-create our life with Him, to balance His grace with our agency. So lately, I've had several conversations with friends and clients about prayer and receiving answers to our prayers, or even just having God help us out. And trusting God and also trusting ourselves to show up in that subtle relationship, right? The most subtle and mysterious relationship that we have. And hearing other people's experiences about prayer has anchored my faith. So since I appreciate that, I feel like I should also be willing to share. So today I want to tell you the tale of two prayers for my life. That addressed just one aspect of prayer that I think most of us wonder about sometimes, and that is this idea that if God answers your prayers and helps you out, then everything comes together and works out. I think we use that benchmark of everything working out well as evidence that, yes, that proves that God was in it with us, and we were following the impressions we got, and so that all means that our prayer was answered. So let me tell you about our last two experiences moving. Let's start with my last one, our moving story, four years ago this month in 2017. We had lived in Springville, Utah for 11 years in a white house on three quarters of an acre at the foot of the mountains. And during that time, all of our kids grew up and left home. So we were thinking, maybe we should downsize and get out of debt and get a house that would be easier to maintain. And part of the backstory is that also during those 11 years, we had gone through some serious financial challenges with my husband working for a startup. So we definitely hadn't found the financial freedom that we had hoped and expected when we originally moved to Utah and bought that home but we weren't seriously looking for a house. We weren't working with a realtor. We were just casually checking prices, seeing what was out there online for a couple of years actually, but we never saw anything that we could pay less for and also wanted to live in. Well, the next thing that happened is my brother-in-law and his wife had also moved to Springville, the other end of Springville. And my husband, Mike went to watch football with his brother, but they couldn't get the game on TV. So they started looking at houses in the neighborhood that were for sale. And he kind of fell in love with a certain home. And later he came home and told me about it and then he took me there. The house was empty and we could just walk around in the yard, but I walked in the backyard and there was a stream and big trees and it was just so peaceful and beautiful. I just loved it but I had looked at the photos of the house inside online and I was not interested really in seeing anymore. There was too much work. I didn't want a big project. It needed to be updated. It was too big for two of us. It was too much money. It was totally the opposite of our goals. So I told Mike, I don't even want to see the inside. Well, unbeknownst to me, Mike just couldn't let it go. He kept looking at the house online and then he saw they had dropped the price $20,000. And he said, we've got to go see it at least just to let me get this out of my mind. and know it's not for us. So I made an appointment with a realtor that afternoon. And when we got there, she said, oh, by the way, this house is already under contract. Someone's buying it. So I almost turned around at that point, but we decided, okay, we're here. We'll go see what it's like. As soon as I walked in the house, I had that feeling, that feeling of awe and reverence and like, this is the place. And I just felt at home there. Mike says he watched me walk around the house and he could tell that my whole attitude had changed. Even though it was true, that house I could see was a big project. It had black and pink splotchy granite squares, on the counters. The white carpet was old, stained and worn out. It really needed some love. And yet it just felt like the right thing. So now what were we going to do? We began praying about it and I got such clear, strong impressions that we should go ahead and buy the house, do what we could to buy the house. It was like, one of those times in my life where I actually got sentences in my mind and that happened every time that I prayed and kept getting confirmed. So we found a realtor, we came up with a strategy. He suggested we put a lot of money on the line to prove that we were really interested in the house just in case the opportunity came up. It turned out that the seller had to close in four weeks by December 1st, because they had this 1031 exchange thing happening and the seller had already sold nine properties and this was the last one, it was number 10 and it had to be sold to make this happen. And then the first buyer had some tax issue come up and asked for two more weeks. Well, immediately the seller said, no thanks. And they took our offer, because we were next in line. And suddenly we had a really crazy intense four weeks. We had to get approved for a loan. We had to put our house on the market and you know what that means, like cleaning the house top to bottom, moving all that extra stuff into storage, all of that stuff. But much to our relief, we were able to sell our house to a cash buyer within a couple of weeks. And we closed on both the homes at the same meeting and moved in on November 30th. The whole time I felt this spiritual confidence, this confirmation, even though we were making a decision that was directly opposite of our goals, that it was the right thing to do. And even now, four years later, I was right about all that work, this house still is a project that we can't really afford to do all the big remodeling that we'd like to do, but I love living here and I'm looking forward to seeing those improvements, but we get to sit on our deck and eat our meals in the treetops overlooking a creek and leave our door open in the summer and sleep to the sound of the creek at night. We have a whole basement that's just perfect for our family and friends who wanna come and visit. And the house just fits us, it feels just right. And I've just decided I'm so grateful that God allowed us to live here even before we could afford it. It all worked out. So that's evidence that it was supposed to be, right? I've heard many people tell their own stories like this where it all worked out with God's help. And we all say then it was meant to be. So let me share another true story. This is our moving story from 15 years ago in 2007, when we moved to that white house at the foot of the mountains. We lived in Reno for 11 years. In fact, that's where our kids call home and really great things happened there and we made friends with people that we still care so much about. But we started to get this desire to move back to Utah. And I say back to Utah because that's where I grew up and my family lived there. Mike's job wasn't quite as secure as it used to be. And I think we just had this kind of divine discontent kind of driving us to change something up. The other thing is, at the time, the Reno housing market was so hot Houses were selling so fast for so much money, we were all just kind of amazed. And it was the first time I began to see that we could actually be in a position to benefit financially from the economic situation where we could sell high and then go buy low in Utah. Well, prayer was part of this whole experience as we tried to decide what to do. Mike actually got permission and arranged to keep his job, but do remote work from Utah. So then we did so much work on our home in order to get it ready to sell. We completely remodeled the kitchen. We put in the pantry that I was always wanted for the past 10 years. We put in new carpet, new roof, new paint. And then we finally put it on the market in May or June of 2006, fully expecting it to sell in a week or two for full asking price because that's what we've been seeing in our neighborhood for months. If you remember your history, you might have a little premonition of where this is going. Well, once we got our own house up for sale, we did a house hunt in Utah and we made an offer on a home there in Kaysville contingent to selling our Reno home. And we prayed about that and felt really good about that. It felt right. Right. But, much to our shock, our home didn't sell. Now, looking back, we see the recession. We timed it just as the housing market was collapsing. We couldn't see that for years, of course. It's only looking back that we understand. But there we were, confused, disappointed, especially because of the answers we were getting to our prayers. But we couldn't see what else to do, so we took it off the market. We decided to stay, and our two teenage boys went back to school. And like I said, I was so confused. Like, I had felt so assured through prayer that we were doing the right thing for us. And now, we had significant second mortgage debt for all the improvements on the home. At that point, I felt like I needed to do something to help pay off that debt. So I looked for a part-time job and here's another prayer experience I have to tell you. I applied for the job and interviewed with them, but then I didn't hear from them for two weeks and it was the only job I saw that I had even been interested in. So then I decided, okay, I'm just gonna go do something for me. I started an art class, a painting class at the community college and was really enjoying that. And then several weeks later, I got a call and they offered me the job and I said, oh, thanks, but you know what? I've got something else going on. So I declined the job offer. (laughs) But as soon as I hung up the phone, I felt this strongest feeling of like almost dread, like you did the wrong thing. You need to call them back and accept that job. It was so surprising to me. I kind of stood there and like, well, this is awkward. I have no idea what to do about this. I went to my bedroom, gave a very intense and almost demanding prayer, wanting to know for sure what I should do. I remember asking a couple of questions. One is that I told God, this isn't very much money. And I really wanted to keep going with a painting class. And I got very clear answers at the time, like your pay won't always be this low and there will be time in your life to do both art and this work. So then I had to get up and make a call, the most awkward call in my life, and tell him, you know what? I've had a few minutes to think about it. I'd actually really like that job. And he was so taken aback. He asked me several questions to try and determine if I was really serious and then I did start working there, and it turned out to be a really good thing for me. I found out a lot about myself, and I uh, found out that I liked working out of the home. And nearly a year went by, so we settled back in. I liked my job. We loved living with our newly remodeled house. We actually got to enjoy it for a while, and we just gave up on the idea of moving. We got to be there in Reno while our daughter was dating, and then she got engaged to her husband, Stephen, while they were both students at University of Nevada. So we were all there together to get to know Stephen and plan a wedding. Well, just a year later, the next summer, Mike's friend offered him a new job in Utah with a startup. His job situation in Reno really wasn't that rewarding at the time. But when he proposed that to me at this point, I just said, you're kidding. I don't want to go anymore. I like the life that we're creating here. But again, through prayer, we decided to go and it just felt again like the next step for us. I hated walking in and giving notice at my job, but we went forward in faith and this is how it worked out we put our house on the market again for a much lower price than the year before. And we went ahead and actually bought a home in Utah. It was the White House at the foot of the mountains, trusting that our Reno home would sell soon. And we moved in the day before school started for our teenage boys. It was kind of a rough move actually. We didn't have that much help, but then we started settling in. Mike got involved in this new startup, And the whole economic situation in the country still didn't have that label of recession, right? Still, everyone was trying to understand what was even going on, but our Reno home didn't sell. So six months after waiting, we rented it out. We had renters in there for about six months and then they left. And a year later, our house still hadn't sold. So here's another prayer story along the way. I needed to go back to Reno to fix it up after the renters had moved out and Mike couldn't come with me for some reason. So I just drove out there with one of my young sons, got to work cleaning it up. It was so disappointing to see uh, the condition that our house was in after all that work that we had done on it. The sprinklers in the back had broken and the grass had started dying. And I was just feeling so overwhelmed with all this stuff that I had to figure out. And I remember praying specifically for help on the sprinklers and I managed to figure it out by myself. I didn't even have to go get some help. And while I was standing there out there on the hill, my husband called and I said some specific words, something about, you know, how God had helped me figure out the sprinkler situation and The way I said it, Mike just kind of was startled, and he gasped, and he said, I have been praying for you with those exact words. And we had this moment with me on the hill digging up the sprinklers and Mike in Utah where we just felt this reassurance from God that, yes, I'm still in this with you. And I'm sharing these little prayer moments along the way because they were my reassurance that we were still following the path that God was still showing up even though it all felt so frustrating. So we left the house and Reno know what for sale and actually my daughter and her husband the newlyweds moved in for a while and they took care of it. Well just to be clear about how this was all working out for us we were now paying four mortgages. The Reno home, the second mortgage for all the improvements on that home. And we had had to take out two mortgages on the new home in Utah because we didn't have any money from the sale of our home in Reno. So suffice it to say that paying for two homes and all the maintenance and all that was getting tough. I had found a part-time job that turned out to be really boring. So I went looking for another job. I wanted part-time so I could still have plenty of time when my boys were home. And here's where God showed up again with something different than what I was looking for. I applied for a job at Brigham Young University for a part-time secretary. And when I met with the dean there, he actually said, you know what? I'd really like you to apply for a full-time position that we have opening up in the next couple of weeks. And I was kind of taken aback. I really hadn't been considering or wanting to work full-time but I also started praying about this. I went ahead and interviewed. I was offered the job. And again, I just trusted that feeling of reassurance through prayer and accepted that job. That home in Reno finally sold a year and a half after we moved to Utah, two and a half years after we first tried to sell it. It sold for 175000 less than we originally hoped. So, we definitely had to reset our expectations about hoping we would finally get ahead in the financial game. Well, how did the move work out? For 10 years, I would say not so well in some respects. The startup that Mike was working for really struggled, they got to the point where they couldn't even pay him pretty regularly. It turned out to be a hard move for the boys in all the ways, socially, educationally, and spiritually. It took a toll on them. That full-time job at BYU was really good for me, but it was hard on my boys and my family. And I was never really sure why we felt so strongly that we should buy that white house. I appreciated it, but inside it was pretty tight for big people like us. We're all over six feet. We even put a hole in the ceiling trying to get a sofa down the stairs. So the question is, where is the evidence that we were following God's guidance? It actually didn't work out very smoothly from an objective perspective. It created so many challenges, lots of growth opportunities for sure. To be honest, I had some pretty deep bitterness about it for a lot of years. That it just wasn't working out at all like I'd hoped. But here's what I believe totally and completely. In both of these moves, they were both the right thing. We were guided by God both times. Who knows, maybe our recession story could have been so much worse. We did make it through without losing our home like many people did. We made it without losing either of our homes. There was purpose in all of it. I've learned to never, ever judge a prayer by its immediate outcome. I no longer make assumptions about what it should mean when I get an answer from God. Because God provided some things that were even more meaningful than a successful career and financial jump and all the benefits for our kids that we had been asking for. We got pushed hard. I had a profound five-year lesson on working through bitterness and choosing faith. We worked through resentment in our marriage. I was blessed to work with some fabulous people who I learned from. My life experience broadened so much. I found out I was capable of much more than I knew through work. It dramatically changed my self-perception and my confidence. There were little gifts here and there. For example, I was working at BYU while my daughter was a student and she would stop by and say hi and would chat in my office and we lived close enough for her to bring her friends over. We loved eating dinner out on the deck of the White House with a beautiful view of the mountains. And best of all, we came to trust that we would be okay after all with God in our corner. Do you know what I used to think about prayer? I used to think that when we prayed, we would get an answer that would lead us to what would make us the happiest the soonest and that everything would work out in a ship-shaped way, neatly tied with a bow, to mix metaphors. I also used to make all kinds of assumptions when I felt I had an answer to prayer. For example, since I felt we got a yes answer about moving from Reno to Utah, I decided that meant the house would sell quickly. We would finally get ahead financially by selling high and buying low. We would love our new house so much. Our boys would make great friends. Mike's job was going to be a raging success and all of that. But none of that was in God's answer. I assumed it all. I attached that to the answer. The answer was simply move to Utah and buy that house. That's your next step. And the other thing I hear a lot, and I bought into myself for quite a while, is that if you follow an answer to prayer, you'll understand why it was the right thing to do. You'll see the reasons for it. Now, for sure, this is going to be true in an eternal perspective. I think we'll understand it all in the next life. But for now, we may not get it. It's interesting to listen to people come up with reasons for their prayer-based decisions. Like, we feel like we have to prove that God made the right choice for us. But now I just think, I actually have no idea why God thought it was important for us to do some of this stuff, but I can find lots of reasons why I'm so grateful for it. Do you know how I think about answers to prayer now? Now I see that the answer is the next step for us. Sometimes the next step is messy. Sometimes the next step is, this is what you need to learn now. Sometimes the next step is, this will strengthen your weak spots. God knows what we need the most now, and it's not always an easy, happy blessing, but a learning experience, which is, after all, what we came here for, isn't it? And for sure, it's always taking us in the direction of what will really bring us the most true joy in time. I shared this because I know often by midlife we've had some experiences with prayer that leave us a little unsettled, a little faith-scarred, sometimes even feeling abandoned when things that we've prayed for haven't worked out yet or we don't even sense an answer at all yet and maybe wondering why we don't have the formula for getting clear answers to prayer locked down by this time in our life. So I leave you with these experiences that I've had. And I'm sure you've had your own prayer experiences too. I hope this helps reassure you that this is how it's supposed to be. Nothing's gone wrong when everything doesn't work out easy as pie, when you follow those impressions from the Spirit. It's little leaps of faith as we trust more and more in the wisdom of God. He set it up this way for spiritual growth. It's supposed to be subtle. That keeps our spirits from getting lazy because we have to be so quiet and so intentional and so open and so patient in this process. And this relationship of trust that we're building with God goes two ways. We're learning to trust him, but we're also learning to let him trust us to make decisions and to learn through it. So especially if you're in the stage of seeking a purpose that is in line with what God has in mind for you, and wondering if he has a mission for you, I offer these four things that I learned. Number one, answers to prayer are not a promise of immediate reward, but are the next step for you. Second, answers to prayer don't have to work out smoothly to be the right answer. Third, answers to prayer may not have obvious reasons for why they're the right thing. And fourth, we may get much more meaningful things than what we were asking for. I feel like now in midlife, we can understand our prayer experiences in a more seasoned way that builds our spiritual confidence. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. And I would love it if you would share this with a friend. Remember, I do one-on-one coaching with women in midlife. You can get in touch with me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com. And that is in the show notes. Take care until next time.